Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. Doug Parker is on assignment in Nassau, Bahamas. It's all about Carnival Triumph this week. We'll speak with one of the passengers who was on board from Houston, Texas, Bethany Fosnacht. Travel writer Chris Owen will weigh in, and we'll check in with Doug in Nassau to get some other passengers' take on the Triumph. But first, Stuart, you're on the cruise, guys, here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Let's start with the three Carnival ships that came to Triumph's aid with supplies, Elation, Legend, and Conquest. Why didn't they simply transfer the Triumph passengers onto those ships, dividing them up equally? Well, I, I guess to make it simple, you have an elevator. It's certified to carry 20 people in the elevator. Yeah. You can't stick 40. Okay. These three other ships were full. Now, let's, let's make this a little more complicated. Let's add uh, 7 to 10-foot seas and 30-knot winds. Uh-huh. So... The, sh- the passengers on Triumph, while it was uncomfortable, unpleasant, awful, they weren't in any imminent danger. Offloading them in those really foul weather conditions Bad. would have been uh, treacherous. People then would have been in danger, and uh, you know, bad things could have certainly happened to good people. So it was not a very good situation. Now, of course, had the ship got, you know, thank God it wasn't. You know, had it been sinking. Then other, you know, there were certainly enough ships in the area that uh, it would, they would have been easily rescued, but that wasn't necessary. Okay. Now they're closer to Progresso. Why didn't they go there instead of going a little bit further to Mobile? Well, it's it's kind of a, a two pointed. The the ship actually in the day and a half of not having power actually drifted 90 miles. They were in some pretty strong currents uh, to the northern uh, part, uh, coast of Mexico, so. What they did is they dispatched a tug from Mobile. They also dispatched one from Mexico. And uh, it, as it turned out, that uh, they were actually maybe somewhat, they, they claim midway between Mobile and Progresso. The logistical problem, the, the nightmare that would have ensued, was there were 900 passengers on board the ship that did not have their passports, which would have created a problem I mean, maybe some delays with the Mexican and U.S. immigration authorities. Right. So uh, going to Mobile made a whole lot more sense, compounded, uh, Matt, with the fact that think about how many flights, how many charter flights, and how many days it would have taken to repatriate 4,200 people. Yeah. So 
logistically, it was it would have been a a nightmare. People still wouldn't have been home. Yeah, they would have gotten to Progresso yes. yesterday. Yeah, and by the time they made it, they probably had would have had to have bust these people to Cancun. Which, if you've ever done that drive, it could be about three hours. Gotcha. Okay, makes good. So makes, makes sense. it just made a whole lot more sense yeah, uh, for them to get the people back to the United States as safely and as quickly as possible. All right, now correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's my understanding that Carnival obviously is comping this cruise entirely, giving the passengers uh, five hundred dollars each, and they're giving them a, a cruise credit. Correct. Is this fair? Well, I mean, it's 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 more than just refunding their money. Yeah. Plus, you know, any of the expenses uh, incurred, um, you know, the the travel related uh, expenses if the airline uh, was was charging them something, um, you know, not to mention that uh, we went from two to a total of fourteen canceled sailings on Carnival Triumph, which may actually uh, be more once they uh, they they assess the damage to the ship. I just don't quite understand why Carnival wasn't better prepared for a situation like this. Could they have been better equipped? Well, all that you know, we'll, we'll certainly see when it comes out, and uh, you know, when they do the the investigations. The big the big question was from Splendor. The you know one of the lessons learned was supposed to be you know having a redundant system, meaning that uh, if one engine room went out, the other one was supposed to have been able to at least take over many of its functions. Right. Why did that fail? Again, that will come out in the investigation. But as far as the cruise line, I mean, they immediately, you know, identified what the, you know, that there was a significant problem. They they did everything I believe, you know, possible under you know with the available technology to do what they could to ensure that and minimize the suffering that these passengers uh, unfortunately had to endure. Um, we'll only know what what exactly happened, um, you know, once the you know time you know the dust settles and they have time to assess what actually occurred. What failed, and you know, really, what can we learn so this way it doesn't happen again? But just, yeah. when you talk about the previously reported damage to the ship or repairs, they had nothing to do with the engine room fire. There were repairs to right. an engine. There may have been repairs to this and that, but the ship was sound. And I think the best, the biggest message I can offer for people to part uh, from this, Matt, is that the ships. And the ocean are the lifeblood of an entire industry, and they're never going to jeopardize the lives or the you know the safety of the ship and the passengers, you know, to save a few bucks or put a ship that is not seaworthy out to sea. Right. Um, the ship is only thirteen and a half years old. It's got a long life ahead of it. You know, they're doing an amazing job with uh, you know reinventing these ships to give them another fourteen years, which you know will, will certainly take. Uh, the ship to sail, you know, for many more years. I'm seeing here the Carnival said they had over 7,000 phone calls to their care team in Miami. I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is that, that, that they were doing everything they could. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the, you know, we, we've heard from a lot of the passengers that they were getting uh, misinformation or they weren't getting enough information. And that, that, that can happen anytime, anywhere, to anyone. It's, again, it's, it's un, you know, it's, it's just unimaginable what what the folks on the ship had to endure, the family, um, you know, thankfully, you know, with the other ships when they did come alongside, that they were at least able to get some cell phone service. But I mean, there there are some issues for them that they have to examine to make the, you know, future emergencies much better. And and you know, they essentially it's it's something that the industry is going to have to look at, uh, um, you know, very soon. 
I want to hear your thoughts about the overall media coverage of this event. Well, I mean, you have certain networks that just redundant. I mean, it was just so much, so frequent. It was the same story being told by different people. And it just seems like they over-dramatized. Yeah. And they prolonged these people's suffering. You had a lot of people that were on the phone. These people had limited cell phone service, limited power to charge their phone. You heard, you know, essentially, essentially if, you, if you saw the pictures of these um, extension cords that were being used to power all these poor people's phones, I mean, that, that in itself, you know, appeared to have been a fire hazard. But putting that aside, I mean, these poor people are suffering, yet the media was encouraging these people to call in and stay on the phone and take up a charge, and you know, then it, it's, it was just a waste of resources. But these poor people were suffering, and they just essentially over-dramatized it, over-sensationalized it. And, what they know, do best. Well, yeah, and it, it's just unfortunate. It just, just made it so much worse yeah. than what was there. Notice how I said that's what they do best. We, of course, are no party to it. You know, unfortunately, we certainly heard from a vocal minority versus the silent majority where I mean, you know, it wasn't until really the passengers were coming off the ship that we really heard the amazing accolades of how well the crew performed on board the ship. Um, and there's certainly a lot of, you know, good stories of, of how they worked tirelessly to assist the passengers through this horrible event. What, in your opinion, do you think Carnival could have done better? Well, I think, you know, communication is always the number one factor in, in trying to alleviate, you know, suffering. If, if I know what's going on, you, you can handle the situation much better than, but, you know, we weren't there, so we don't know what was going on. All, you know, shoreside, we know Carnival, you know, with the, they had numerous updates. They were very forthcoming with information. They immediately identified what this, this was. They didn't try to sugarcoat the severity of the, of the situation. And, you know, that, that was, uh, that, again, a lesson learned from previous experiences. Uh, what more they could have done to alleviate the suffering, we, we won't know until we know more of the facts. Following this incident, are we going to see any Carnival cruise prices drop? The, the answer is I do not believe the prices will drop. Um, the cruise lines are not, the cruise lines collectively, because yeah. this, this certainly affects the industry. Um, most again, people are going to understand this is not representative of the cruise industry. You know, thousands of cruise departures go off without a hitch every year. Mil, you know, over 20 million people worldwide went on a cruise last year um, and, and didn't experience any problem. This was not representative of the industry. It's, it's very unfortunate. So what the cruise lines have learned over time, they're not, you know, there may be a softness in bookings, but they're not going to panic by lowering the price because they know, look, you know, in a few days this will blow over. Um, I mean, I, you know, through all the different interviews I was doing on CNN and, and different stations around the country, there is a confidence. They, they, you know, the people I was speaking to understood what was going on and that uh, you know, cruising is, of course, statistically still the safest vacation mode. And um, you know, the cruise lines are just going to take a step back. We'll reevaluate, but uh, they're certainly not going to panic and say, hey, you know, we're going to drop the price. It's not going to happen. The last word I heard was Carnival is canceling their next 14 sailings. Is that right? Correct. There's 14, a total of 14 sailings. Passengers booked on those sailings will be getting a full refund, mm-hmm. uh, plus a 25% future Carnival cruise credit, uh, you know, based on the amount that they, they paid for the current cruise that was being canceled. And it's 14 now. It, it, you know, once they have time to actually assess the damage, it could go uh, higher a, than that. A lot uh, longer, yeah. Sure. 
Because as you as you as, as we know from what we heard, there's besides the mechanical damage, there's a lot of structure, you know, uh, interior damage. Uh, you know, biohazard. Yeah, because of everything we heard, and we don't need to get into it. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> we've all we've all seen it on the news. And right. We got it. <laughs> very good, very good, very good. All right, we'll uh, see what happens here. Thank you so much, Stuart. It's a pleasure. Cruise Radio News now trending at cruiseradio.net. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or better? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being. And they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website. And they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. So we're here in Nassau, Bahamas, and I'm sure you've heard about the Carnival Triumph incident in the Gulf of Mexico, right? Yes. What did you think of the incident, and would it stop you from sailing Carnival again? No. I think accidents are just going to happen. Where are you from, man? North Carolina. Safe travels back. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, honey, radio show. Here we go. Come on. Have you? So what's your name, man? Stevie. Stevie, have you heard about the Carnival Triumph incident this week? Uh, a little bit here and there. Would that stop you from sailing Carnival? Uh, no, I don't think so. Aaron, dude, have you seen the news about Carnival Triumph this week? I have. Would that stop you from sailing Carnival in the future? No, nope, been on, this is our third one. We'll keep going. Rock on. Is this your fiance, wife? The wife. The wife. Nice. Ooh, wife. Nice. Uh, happy, uh, happy wedding, honeymoon. honeymoon, all that good stuff. What's your name? Carrie. Carrie, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Carnival Triumph since you're probably fornicating in the same cabin, right? Yep. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Would that stop you from sailing Carnival in the future? Absolutely not. Stream us worldwide on our free iPhone app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store. Travel writer Chris Owen joins us now. Hello, Chris. Hi, Matt. How are you? Very good. Now, after what happened on Carnival Triumph, is there anything you might do differently to prepare for future cruises, uh, aside from packing a flashlight with extra batteries? Well, I'll tell you, a flashlight's always a good thing to take, that's for sure. You know, it used to be in the olden days that to be prepared for a cruise, you'd bring along duct tape because it could fix anything from a dress hem to a broken piece of luggage. I don't know that I'd add anything because of the Carnival Triumph uh, situation, um, but I sure would um, double-check and make sure that um, you have plenty of medication if you're on it. Um, it's always a good idea to take more than just uh, the, the day's worth that you need for a cruise. 
but um, if you're on a, a prescription medication that take more, like say twice as much, you can't can't hurt. Just in case something should happen, th- th- these things are so rare that um, it's more it's more likely that you'll get um, a flight delay or a canceled flight or some have some transportation problems getting to and from the ship than for something like this to happen. But uh, I'm an old Boy Scout from way back, and we try to be prepared for anything. Overall, Chris, what lessons are to be learned here? Well, it's a tragic situation when that sort of thing happens. Somebody, um, they bargain for a certain vacation, they don't get it, and for whatever the reason is. Um, the part that I thought that was um, watching the whole thing all along, the part that I thought was uh, uncom- that I was uncomfortable with was the way the media was covering it, and I'm, I'm sure Stuart touched on that. Yep. But I would encourage people to... Uh, go about their business of going on a cruise and, and enjoy it, know that it happens uh, very rarely, and um, pay attention to those people um, that were coming off the ship that are ready to get right back on and go again. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people with really good attitudes. The thing that I, that I thought that was interesting uh, out of the whole thing was that, uh, you know, they didn't have much power. They didn't have much electricity. People were forced to, forced, I should say, to um, uh, talk to each other read books, um, play games, they do non-electronic things. And there were so many people that, that, were, that came off of there saying, you know, we met people that we'll, we'll have, be friends with forever. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a reunion of, of, of some of them coming up because uh, it's a shared experience, and uh, anytime you can do that, uh, it's a good thing. I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. Thank you so much. You bet. Always glad to have him, President and CEO of TripInsurance.com, Dan Skilkin. Welcome back to Cruise Radio, Dan. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be here. Dan, it seems to be fair what Carnival is compensating the passengers, and all the news reports are saying that with this situation, Trip Insurance wouldn't help the people on Carnival Triumph. Is that true? Uh, yes and no. Uh, if you bought your travel insurance through a third party instead of the cruise line, then often the rest of your pre- and post-cruise land reservations or air travel that isn't booked through the cruise company would be covered through your travel insurance. So we discussed this disabled Carnival cruise ship situation with two of our larger insurers. And the situation, as far as they're concerned, would be considered a complete secession of services of a common carrier due to a mechanical breakdown, no doubt. And Based on that, provided all the other policy requirements are met, there would have been coverage for trip cancellation, trip interruption, or travel delay for this situation. But if we break down the people affected by this into two groups, those on the cruise ship and those on future cruises that have been canceled, and talk about what Carnival's doing, let's see how travel insurance you know, could have helped them. In, in, in the case of the people on the cruise ship, they're going to receive a full refund for the cruise and their unused shore excursions. Carnival's going to handle their transportation home and any additional hotel expense. They're going to give everyone $500 and a credit for the same amount uh, as the original cruise towards a new cruise. Um, so at that point, their financial loss with regard to the actual cruise is already being reimbursed. Um, but if the travelers had any prepaid land arrangements, uh, um, uh, vacation arrangements uh, that they were going to continue uh, after the boat landed, those prepaid post-land arrangements would be covered uh, if, they, uh, if they had travel insurance. Um, 
I think there's about 14 future cruises that uh, the Carnival's canceled at this point. Um, that number may be in a bit of a flux, but the people affected by that uh, and future cruises, they're going to get a full refund of the canceled cruise and 25% off a of future cruise. So, again, these people may have had pre- or post-trip land arrangements or air not booked by Carnival, and those would be covered by travel insurance, provided that they bought the travel insurance uh, for the rest of all that travel. This next question comes from Stacy in Delaware on Twitter. She wants to know, does trip insurance cover financial compensation for folks that miss work? Unfortunately, Stacy, no. Uh, travel insurance doesn't cover lost wages or income if you miss your work. Um, but it can help you get back to work uh, if your trip has been interrupted. So uh, it can help you get back to work faster, but it's not going to cover you for any kind of lost wages. Gotcha. Now, Dan, what is the biggest reason for a cruiser to purchase trip insurance? Well, there are three important reasons. The first, you need to cover the non-refundable cost of the cruise in case you have to cancel. Uh, the other two are coverage for your medical expense and medical evac, because most of the time your medical treatment costs during a cruise are not going to be covered by your home health insurance. Um, now, it's a, it's a really good idea to buy from a third-party source instead of just from the cruise company, because that's going to help cover you for bankruptcy of a travel provider and also cover other air and hotel arrangements that you aren't booking through the cruise company. All right, very good. President and CEO of TripInsurance.com, Dan Skilkin, as always, thank you. Matt, thank you very much for having me on the show. Have a great day. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to CruiseRadio.net or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Follow me. I'm really glad you could make time for us. She was aboard Carnival Triumph. She is from Houston, Texas, Bethany Fosnacht. Welcome to Cruise Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate you sharing your experience. The, the media, of course, per usual, hyping it up and creating a lot of drama and showing the pictures and the awful conditions and whatnot. Uh, before we talk about that, how was the cruise experience leading up to that? The cruise was great leading up to that. Uh, we were really enjoying, you know, just the whole experience of, being waited on, you know, that's the whole reason we went, was to get everything taken care of for us. And that we definitely felt that that was happening. And great drinks, great people on board, great dinners. You know, we just felt like everything was being taken care of. And what day did it all go down? We were in Cozumel on Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, we were awoken at about 5.30 with over the intercom, the captain saying, Alpha Team, Alpha Team, Engine Room 6. What day of the cruise was that? Day 3. Okay. We left on Thursday. You're right. It was our last day at sea before getting home. All right. So you hear the big announcement, Alpha Team, Alpha Team, and then kind of walk us through what happened um, after that. I believe within 30 minutes of that announcement, our cruise director was on assuring us that there was a fire, but it had been contained and that there was no danger. Everyone could leave the muster station um, <laughs> and just sort of went from there. You know, we could definitely smell the smoke yeah. already. Uh, I was on deck seven, and so we were far away from it. But, you know, we could smell the smoke, and the lights started to go out, and then, you know, the water went out, and sort of just everything started happening. Right. People were knocking on people's doors to get them out of their cabins on the lower decks, but on the upper deck, we just had our doors open, kind of just trying to see what was going on around us. What happened after that? Pretty, I mean, I would have to say within an hour to two hours, they had come back on and said that this, this fire has happened. It is out. 
but we can't get in to assess the damage until everything cools down. So we are going to sit here and we're going to wait. So go have breakfast. It's cold cuts and everything, whatever cold thing they had. Now, were you an inside cabin or balcony? Luckily, we had a balcony. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. Tell us about now day four, which would be day two of, of no power. And when, when did things really start to become like, oh, boy, this is really not good? It was really, honestly, that was probably day one in the evening yeah. when we realized that nothing could be done, that no repair was coming. A tugboat was on its way but wouldn't be able to meet us for another 24 hours. We did get that night the elation came to drop off supplies. And we were able to huddle near the the windows and, you know, get cell signals to, to call our families and tell them what was going on and let them know that we were okay. Of course, the media is really hyping it up with headlines like carpets soaked in urine, sewage running down walls, and onion sandwiches for dinner. You were there. Tell us the truth. I would honestly say that all those things are a little bit true. Okay. Uh, definitely, day one was the bleakest day as far as food went. Yeah. Lots were horribly long. No one knew what we were doing or what we were in for. So you took what you thought you needed and, you know, you just were down. We definitely, there definitely were sandwiches. I don't know about onion. I think they just got unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> there were definitely like eggplant sandwiches or mozzarella and tomato, cucumber sandwiches. They were trying to use up the tuna, so we had a lot of that. Right. Lots of fresh fruit always. We used up the cereal probably by the second day. Yeah. Now, and how is the crew throughout all this? And are you being kept abreast of what's going on with, with from the captain with in regards to announcements? Well, in hindsight, we were being told when conclusions were made. We were not told, of, you know, this is what we're facing. We were told this is what we're doing. And while that point, I, I think it worked to keep us calm, but it also makes people bitter now that they know, you know, what they were trying to decide between now that we've, you know, heard the news from, from everyone here. Was the cruise director having uh, the crew members kind of keep passengers engaged with activities and such? By Monday, they had started to do that. Trivia games in the casino, which was so hot. I don't know how anybody went down for that. <laughs> uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, they had scavenger hunts for the kids. More and more throughout the week, they'd have activities. But I think they tried ballroom lessons someplace. You know, they were, and I think they even had Bible studies in the lounge at night for people to to go and visit. And you know, they just they did try to keep people's spirits up. But for the most part, people just kind of entertained themselves. Overall, what would you say was the worst part of this experience? As far as what I faced, I think the worst part, the lines, was the not knowing. Because we were fortunate enough to be on deck to have a balcony room, we didn't face the problems with uh, the sewage, the, even just water on the floor, the floor deck side. They, I, I do believe they did have sewage, but I think that might have been more from things overflowing from toilets that didn't flush more than it being the system leaking. Yeah, we had heard they were passing out bags and buckets to go to the bathroom in. Tell me more about the situation. What bathrooms were available? Uh, they were pretty diligent about keeping public restrooms open, especially on the decks in the middle of the boat. Uh, like the Lido deck where the food was, those were never open. But on deck five and three, those were almost always open, or they were almost always working on them. Okay. Depending on which way the boat leaned, yeah. you might have toilets working in your room. We did for uh, probably 
Tuesday for a couple of hours, and then the last day, almost the entire day. But besides that, you would go to a public restroom, or uh, you could use the red bag. What were some of the worst experiences you had heard of on the ship? Some of the worst were just the sewage issues. But this, the problem being is it sounded like they were exaggerating. Yeah. You know, it sounded like because it wasn't happening to us, we didn't understand how it could be happening to anyone. Also, because we weren't hearing any reports of it from the crew themselves, we didn't understand how it was even possible. Now that we see pictures and we're hearing people, a lot more people talk about it, that's when it's becoming, like, it's really ringing true that, hey, this was, this was even worse for other people. There was a lot of people slipping. The ship was lifting the entire time. It's not made to do that for extended periods of time. And so, especially on the Lido deck, you would have an entire side of the ship that was wet floors, and they're tiled. They're not made to be walked on when they're wet. Right. And so it caused a lot of problems. A lot of people fell and sprained ankles, I think broke a couple hips, other bones. Hearing those stories were devastating. So we're hearing you're getting a full refund, $500, and a cruise credit to use in the future. Do you think that's fair? I'm not sure yet. Okay. I, I think if it truly was, like, it's an old ship. If it's something that just happened, that they couldn't have predicted, but it just happens on an older ship, then yes, they've done what they needed to do. There are rumors that there have been problems with the Triumph for a month, if not more. If that's true, and they took 4,000 people out on the water in a ship that wasn't prepared, then they, they owe us more. I mean, they were putting, our, they were putting us in danger, and for that, they, they should have to pay more. But I am satisfied with what I have. I mean, like I said, especially if if they did nothing truly wrong, if it was, I, I do have to say that I never, I don't think I'll ever sail from Galveston again because it's just inevitable we have the older ships here because it's a secondary port. Now, after you get your comp cruise, will you continue to cruise and will you cruise Carnival again? I think that I will cruise again. I, I like I said, I definitely love the all-inclusive feel of it that everything is taken care of, but I don't think that I would cruise Carnival again. I, I think it's fair to say that Carnival and other lines like Royal Caribbean are kind of your budget lines, and I think that I can maybe other more luxury lines would be more prepared in this kind of situation. All right. Well, I'm glad you're home safe. What, what was the first thing you did when you got home? That's what I want to know. first thing I did when I got home was to plug in my cell phone so I could continue talking to all my friends about what had happened. <laughs> I love it. Again, happy your home safe from Houston, Texas, Bethany Fosnacht. Thanks for talking to us. Oh, no problem. Here we are, Nassau, Bahamas, with a cruise passenger. Dude, you saw Carnival Triumph. I did. What did you think of it, and do you think Carnival's response was fair? It was a very unfortunate situation, but I think Carnival did everything they could as far as making the necessary arrangements to get the ship safely back to port, as far as keeping the public and passengers informed, and compensating the passengers for what they went through. I mean, they got a full refund, they're getting a free cruise, they're getting discounts on future cruises, $500, and they're going to get them home at no charge. And I saw Jerry Cahill, the CEO of Carnival, on CNN. He made a heartfelt apology and is, um, was boarding the ship to offer a personal apology to the passengers that were affected. A very stand-up guy. I don't know if you're like me, but I was watching the coverage last night on CNN, and it felt like to me they were just
just looking for people to say negative things. And if they weren't saying negative things, they were kind of just pushing them along the way. Yeah, it was absolutely deplorable. I used to have respect for CNN, but it was just really uh, trying to make it one-sided and negative. Anchors and meteorologists who have no clue about cruising were just going on and on and speculating and had no idea what they were talking about. It was shameful. Yeah, Erin Burnett definitely had a couple of awkward moments last night talking to passengers because she wanted to hear bad stuff. And uh, like 90% of the folks had nothing bad to say. Dude, enjoy your vacation. Thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks again to our guest, especially Carnival Triumph passenger Bethany Fosnacht. Don't forget, we have an app. It's free for iPhone users, only 99 cents for the Droid users. Stay abreast of all the latest cruise news. Just go to cruiseradio.net and be sure to sign up for those instant alerts. On behalf of Doug Parker in Nassau, Bahamas, I'm Matt Basford, and this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.